Welcome to Jess Williamson, the podcast, your go-to podcast for raw and inspiring messages from myself and other female entrepreneurs all around business and mindset. I am an award-winning business and mindset coach and serial entrepreneur having scaled five successful businesses. I bring my unique and deep perspectives on helping you unleash your unique superpowers and build the life and business of your dreams. Let's get into today's episode. So today I have the beautiful Amy Rushworth on the podcast. She is a women's empowerment thought leader and she is all about being unapologetic yourself, building in so much pleasure into life and remembering how amazing you are. So if you have come across Amy's work, she is the host of the Amy Rushworth podcast as well. And has such a beautiful, amazing energy and aura about her. So you are going to be in for a real treat today. We are going to be talking about how to just be unapologetically yourself and how to build a business that is just so in alignment with who you are at the core. So let's get into it. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the Jess Williamson podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited. And we were just speaking just before I hit record that you are actually from Perth as well, which is so, so cool. But you're over in Europe right now living the beautiful sunny life. Yeah. So I'm from Perth. I lived in Sydney. So lots of people sometimes think I'm from there. Uh, I lived in London and now I'm a Spanish resident and I live in Mallorca, so a bit of a global gal. <laughs> yes, I love that. And you're also a projector sister as well, which is so, so cool. And um, I want to chat to you a little bit about that because I just get obsessed with all things human design and <laughs> I'm a projector as well. So this episode is not going to be all about projectors, by the way, for anyone listening, but I do love talking about it. So before we get into today's episode, I'd love to just know, like, how has human design or, you know, these kind of tools helped you to get to know yourself on a deeper level? I love human design too. So I'm really stoked that you asked about it and you're a projector as well. For me personally, finding human design was really liberating because, you know, as you know, being a projector, the world as we know it and the structure of society and the workplace doesn't really fit congruently with being a projector necessarily. And so all these things that I used to judge about myself or these tendencies that I would push through or ignore or things that I thought I needed, like I would just push them to the side because that's not how the world works and what people expect from you. It was all of a sudden this like explosion of aha, like this big aha moment where I realized like, oh, I'm not different. I'm not wrong. I'm not broken. I'm not lazy. I just thrive and work and operate in the world in a different way to other people. And 
as I started learning more and more about all the different intricacies of human design, especially those profile numbers, I'm a 3-5, uh, that really allowed me to start owning certain aspects of how I be and how I like to show up and how I move through the world. And what I started seeing after a while was like evidence that that was really congruent and really working for me. So I noticed that these old paradigms of hustling and trying to be perfect and trying to do, do, do all the time, I noticed like that as I transitioned to doing things more I guess kind of simplistically and effectively and bringing more ease and rest and pleasure into the way that I worked and the way that I operated in my relationships, I noticed that things like more and more success was coming about. And like that is the, you know, the evidence of alignment for a projector is success through sometimes doing less or doing less in a more proficient way. So like less is more is definitely true for us projectors. But for every every human design, you know, um, it's always fascinating for me when I work with clients to bring this into the conversation because the way that I work or the way that I see the world is going to be different to how a manifesto sees the world or a manifesting generator or any of the other types. And so it's helped me to be a better coach and mentor as well rather than just giving people the advice from my own experience. Yes, I love that. And I'm not sure about you, but I've just found that a lot of projectors have been coming into my world based on how I do business in a different way. Have you found that as well or has it been a real mix? So many projectors find me on social media and they might be in my world for a bit and then they don't really know or think that I'm a projector because I also think that projectors sometimes when they find out they're human design, they're like, oh, you know, like some people feel really liberated, but some people are like, oh, but I want to like do all the things. And all these successful people who seem to have so much energy online or these business owners or these incredible aspirational people, like I wouldn't be able to juggle that many things because I'm a projector, which is, I guess, kind of like a false projection in a way. So when people find me and they see all of the Uh, different programs and the different things that I hold space for in my world, they often assume that I must be a manifesting generator. But actually, then when they see me post something about being a projector or a mental projector, they're like, oh my gosh, this is such an expansive moment for me because I see that you're successful and you manage these different things and you live in alignment with your design. And so I think a lot of projectors, at least the ones that have reached out to me on social media, consider like my life and what I'm doing a bit of a permission slip uh, and a bit of a, yeah, like a permission slip to not just be confusing, waiting for the invitation as like completely leaning back, not doing anything, feeling unrecognized, feeling unwanted. I think there's a nuanced dance to that waiting for the invitation. And so I really love like telling people about it and showing them what's possible. As you were speaking, my brain went permission slip and then you said it and I'm like, are we telepathically connected as well? (laughs) There's just so many things happening. But it is, it is like that permission slip and I think we are going to chat about being unapologetically yourself and I think 
Part of that is realizing that you have the permission slip to do things in your own way. And I think human design is such a cool tool for that permission slip. And so if you're not a projector, I did do a podcast episode about all of the types, which I'll just put the link in the show notes for you. But yeah, thank you for sharing your experience with your human design type and how that's really played out for you in your business. So if anyone follows you, online, they will know that you are the biggest advocate. And I think most amazing embodiment of being so unapologetically yourself, but in all facets, you know, you share your crazy wild side and goofy side and beautiful, soft feminine, but also the masculine and all of the different things that we get to hold as women. And I think that quite often people feel like they have to fit into one box or become the niche or, you know, tone down certain parts of themselves to be accepted, especially online when it's open to so much criticism and judgment and all of that, right? So I would love to know, has it always been this way for you? In some ways, no. In some ways, yes. I would say I'm like a I don't know if I'm like an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert, like being a projector, I do need a lot of time on my own and to recharge and regroup and just to be silent. <laughs> but in terms of earlier in my life, like I definitely was more of a people pleaser. Like I seemed competent on the outside and I seemed like I didn't give a fuck on the outside, but I really did on the inside. And in retrospect, there was a lot of different dynamics that were playing out with that. So uh, friendships where, uh, you know, in some ways there were almost like abusive friendships, people pleasing, but kind of covering it up, worrying about what people thought, all of that kind of thing. And it really like I seemed competent on the outside, but I was not ever living for me on the inside. And I was living apologetically in a way. So trying to fit in, trying to do things that seemed cool to other people. I worked in the fashion industry. So the fashion industry is all about like how things look on the outside, no matter how fake it all feels on the inside. And so I was really like perpetuating that, almost that living a lie kind of thing where things look amazing on the outside. And we see this with social media now, don't we, where like people present a certain aspect of themselves, the parts they want you to see, but maybe they're really struggling on the inside or we don't see that. And so part of my work in the world, my expression and why I share things so visibly and transparently, even when it might be controversial or people uh, don't like it or they feel challenged by it is because I'm trying to be the embodiment of what I stand for and what I want for every woman. And so, you know, my business has been a really potent personal development portal for me even because I'm not just doing it for me anymore. I do it for everyone. I do it for all the women that used to feel how I did or, you know, feel even worse than I used to feel so that they can see someone that brings that light to their screen every day or they have a space they can go where they can express themselves and be unapologetically them. Yes. And how did you go from maybe being more apologetic to this unapologetic, you know, and just being like the mission, the the purpose is so much bigger than my fear of judgment or upsetting certain people. Or was there like 
certain things or practices that you did or was it just like a gradual dip the toe in the water, then the foot, then just like dive headfirst in? Yeah, so I want to share the story in a way where people who are listening can actually apply it to their own experience and sort of integrate it step by step. So the first thing I'll say is that it's not an overnight process and if you were to go completely out there overnight, it would probably be this negative self-fulfilling prophecy because it will be too much for your nervous system. You know, it's going to be too intense. You're probably going to be met with really intense reactions from people and your relationships if you completely change overnight. And it's not about what other people think, of course, but in order for you to feel more and more safe, I feel like it's much healthier and more positive for you to do it step by step. So the way that my journey started, I kind of got like bitch slapped into reality because I was diagnosed with PTSD when I was 23. I was having suicidal ideation. I started having panic attacks and the panic attacks were actually what prompted me into therapy and my journey into spirituality and coaching because I couldn't hide the panic attacks. The other things I could hide, feeling depressed, abusing alcohol and drugs, I could hide all of that, how I'd hidden my whole life. So by getting into therapy, getting into coaching spaces, I started asking curious questions. How would I show up today if I loved myself? How would I show up today if I respected myself? And that doesn't just mean like making yourself a smoothie and going for a walk or having a bath. It was also a day-to-day question that I would ask in conversations when something didn't feel quite right. I felt like, hey, you know what? I want to put a boundary in place here. And so I did it in really small, almost micro movements. And that allowed me over a long period of time to go deeper and deeper into being unapologetically me and discovering what it was that I liked, who I really wanted to be. And the other thing that I did was I created a list of my highest values. And this is a really simple coaching practice. Sometimes these things are so simple that it's like people overlook them because they think, oh, how is that going to change my life writing a list? But what it gave me in a time that was very overwhelming when I was creating a lot of change for myself and I was changing as a woman were these like North Stars. So when I was making choices or when I was expressing myself or creating new relationships or making a new big move, I was using those as a lens or like a compass rather to see like, hey, am I moving in the direction that I want to be moving in? Am I showing up right now in alignment with those things that are really sacred to me? And over time, it has this kind of compound effect where you start getting good evidence. You know, in the beginning, it can feel like, you know, this isn't working out so well. I spoke my truth and then that person judged me or that person doesn't want to be friends with me anymore now that I stopped drinking alcohol, you know, which all these things happen to me too. And then you want to hide back in your hole. Yeah, because right? <laughs> like, even though it's uncomfortable there, it's familiar. You know, a comfort zone isn't always comfortable, but it, it should really be called a familiar zone. And familiar feels safe. And so What I did, and this is kind of like a trauma-informed approach to any kind of change, is that you want to create disconfirming experiences of your fears and your negative limiting beliefs. So if you believe, 
hey, I can't be vulnerable and share what's really going on for me, you will fulfill that prophecy. But if you say, okay, I want to be vulnerable and I want to see how that feels to unapologetically express myself, instead of maybe going out on the internet to like a thousand people and doing it, see if you have a safe relationship or a relationship where you do feel somewhat seen and heard and respected and practice it there. And when you practice it, then your body, your nervous system goes, ah, okay, like that didn't go so bad or like that went really well. I actually felt really good when I shared that and that person received me so well in that way. And then the next time you go to share something vulnerable or you go to take a similar action, it takes that edge off it. And so that's why we want to do it in these small movements to create these new experiences so that it becomes less and less scary. And eventually it probably becomes really liberating and really positive. And perhaps at some point things that freaked you the fuck out are completely neutral. And that's definitely my experience. Some of the things I share now, even two or three years ago, I'd be like, whoa, (laughs) that feels a bit edgy. (laughs) And now I just feel like really calm. I just hit like click on the Instagram story, or I just say that thing that would have been so hard to say to someone or tell someone like, hey, this really hurt me and I want to talk about it, which would have been something previously that I avoided. And so definitely the growth and the journey is in the small steps consistently over and over again. Yeah, I think that is so beautiful. Such a beautiful, I guess, process, compass, like you said, because we hear it all the time, right? Be authentic, be yourself, be unapologetic, just say what you want to say. But it's like, it's easier said than done. But taking those smaller steps and really guiding yourself through that to feel safe in doing that is is really all it needs. But sometimes it just feels like this huge, huge mound hill because we think we've got to jump in the deep end. Yeah, you know, it's a journey and building self-trust and building confidence is a journey. And so like to recap what that journey looks like, it's like understand what are your key values for your life, not the values that you've been taught are important, not the values that you've absorbed elsewhere, but like truly ask what do you want for your life? Break it down into little steps, ask curious questions, and then day by day create those disconfirming experiences so that you can start feeling more safe. I think that that is really, really powerful for people to be able to take away and start on that journey. So I love a good chat about money and I know that you love chatting about money and sex and just all of the things that people say you shouldn't ever talk about, let alone online to thousands and thousands of people. So how did you get comfortable with talking about those things in terms of your business? Yeah, so I guess... For me, like my mission is to help women to feel powerful, confident, worthy, you know, unapologetically who they are. And in my approach, the way to do that is like we got to go into the naughty areas. We got to go into what's still taboo for you. What are you afraid of? And the two biggest, I guess, like shadow areas of humanity in my perspective are money and sex. 
So I do a lot of sexuality and sensuality work with women and empowerment in that area. And then I've def- I've had, you know, containers and spaces that are based around financial empowerment because we're all interacting with money every day. If you run a business, of course, your priority and your values are based around what's important to you, helping people, helping your customers and your clients and living in alignment with that. But at the same time, in order for you to do that and to live in the world that we live in, you need to know what's going on with your money. You ideally need to feel good about exchanging money, selling, exchanging services. And if you don't feel good or even neutral about that, I feel like that's a disservice to what you're doing because you're insecure or you're distracted or you're avoiding it. And that's not going to help you or anyone if you can't get your needs met. And I also think everybody deserves to be abundant. Um, Now, we don't live in a world where that's true for everyone, but I feel like women especially have more wounded templates around money. And it's pretty obvious why, right? Like we haven't had financial freedom for that long. A lot of women in the world still don't. It was dependent upon men and being married you know, to get your needs met, not just your desires, but to literally be able to survive. And so it's a relatively like new age that we're living in where a lot of women earn more money than their partners. And so I feel like we get to choose how we feel about anything. So why don't we try and feel good and powerful and in integrity and aligned with something that we're interacting with and playing with and circulating every day. And so, yeah, like when I speak about money, I don't really believe in like getting rich for the sake of being rich and like perpetuating this sort of colonial, like patriarchal thing. It's like women trying to be men, you know what I mean? I believe in like you get to feel rich in your life, whatever that means to you. And so for some people that might just mean you know, reorienting how they feel about money. And they might be happy with like just enough to pay their bills and to send their kids to school and to feel safe in their body, knowing that they're supported and knowing that everything's taken care of. And for some people that might mean more money because they want to do different things with that money. And so I'm just about like taking away the judgment out of it and choosing how we relate to that force in the world, because it's It's there whether we acknowledge it or not. Yeah. I always think about it like a relationship. Like if you're always avoiding and not really wanting to talk to people, like how can you build a relationship and feel safe in like holding that if if we're always avoiding it? So I love that you speak about it because I think the more that we can speak about these things, it normalizes it. And it almost, and obviously it gets to show people what, is actually possible to show up as your amazing self, to build wealth, to feel rich just in your own energy every single day and to hold the duality of that as well. So like feeling safe in the uneasy topics, to feel safe in being unapologetically yourself online as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, people have different, all different perspectives on money and wealth and, you know, the influence of that in the world. And so 
I totally respect that everyone has a different lived experience and different perspectives on this. In my experience, and I always teach from my experience, the more money that I've created in beautiful ways, you know, through my soul's work, through my mission, through helping people, the more I've actually been able to show up in a regulated way and live by my values because I'm not burnt out. I have space. I don't have to do things because I need money anymore. So I get to actually create money-making services, products, courses in the world that are truly deeply aligned, that I've thought really carefully about, that are like my heart and soul created and manifested into the world for others. And I can also bring in more ethical aspects to my business. So doing a lot of free things, spending a lot of time and money on my own podcast that is completely free, that I pour so much into for others, creating scholarships, donating loads of money, donating portions of every, you know, course launch to the environment, to different charities. And so I know being a projector that if I didn't have, um, you know, financial stability for myself, I would be pouring from a really depleted cup. My work wouldn't be as high of a standard because I would be pouring from that empty cup. And it just becomes that negative self-fulfilling scarcity prophecy. And so everyone's entitled to go about, you know, their passions and their beliefs in the world and how they want to give back to the world in the way that they desire. But for me, having financial safety and freedom allows me to do the things that I love to do and to help in the way that I want to do. So, yeah. Oh, I think that is so, so beautiful and such a nice note to kind of wrap all of this up because you've given so much value here already and I just know how valuable this is going to be for everyone listening. So thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we will pop the link to your podcast, Amy Rushworth Show, in the show notes for everyone to go on over and listen to that. It has a lot more of Amy's goodness over there. But where else can people come and hang out with you? Instagram. My Instagram is this is Amy Rushworth. People always laugh because it's like, it sounds like such a Leo username, like, this is me, but it, Amy Rushworth was taken. <laughs> so that's why it sounds so official. My website is amyrushworth.com and there you can find all my courses and my membership and all the other things. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you.